I want to talk to you for some few minutes on the message I entitled, You Are an Intercessor or an Accuser. Turn to somebody and say, which one you did now? Which one you did? Where do you belong? You are an intercessor or an accuser. There is no middle ground. You can't be an accuser and be an intercessor at the same time. Say, na papa You, you got to belong somewhere. And anytime you point finger at someone, anytime you accuse someone, anytime you criticize someone or you are critical of someone, their fault, their weaknesses, you are working for the devil. I want to be an intercessor because I don't want to work for the devil. Anytime you become an accuser, you are an instrument in the hands of the devil. You become a channel to work for the devil. If I were you, I never work for the enemy. You cannot be an accuser and be an intercessor. And you can't be an, an intercessor and be an accuser. So I want to examine some scriptures and then we want to get into prayer tonight as true intercessors. And remember that intercessors pray without ceasing. And they pray until something happens. They don't quit praying. They stand in the gap. And their whole life is intercession. They are agreeing with God. An intercessor is heaven's ambassador on earth. An intercessor is one that aligns themselves with God's purpose and the will of God for individuals, for families, for communities, churches, cities, and nations, and for generations. Let me say it again. An intercessor is one that aligns themselves with God's original intent for individuals, families, communities, nations, churches, cities. And intercessors are vessels and tools and a battle axe in the hands of Elohim. And God's purposes are executed on earth through intercessors. Without intercessors, the purposes of God are put on a hold. No wonder Jesus said, pray and say, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth. The kingdom is only manifest through the prayers of intercessors. His will is done when we intercede. The kingdom does not come by good preaching and good teaching. As much as preaching and, and agree with God and line ourselves with God's original intent for humanity and that Therefore, as I've said, you cannot be an intercessor if you are an accuser. So we have to grow overnight. And we must understand that being critical of people, being critical of leaders, whether it's church leadership or political leaders, whether it's about fathers or mothers, as soon as you fall in the trap of pointing finger and being critical of others, you are an accuser. You are working for the enemy. And I pray that there will be no accusers among us. One of the things that if you choose to be an intercessor, God will help you to appreciate and to do in life is to show you the devices or the strategies of the enemy. The other day, Paul said, we are not ignorant of his devices, lest he gains advantage over us. 
And one of the reasons why so many people chooses to be accusers than intercessors is because of ignorance. Our inability to appreciate, understand, and to see what's going on behind the scenes. When you don't see and don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you judge things on face value. But when you see, and you are privileged by the revelation of the Holy Ghost, to see beyond what's going on, to go behind the scenes, and to see into the shadows, what's going on because ladies and gentlemen 90% of a lot of the things that goes on around us and in our lives that we have we lack understanding and we can't make sense of I'm telling you 90% of it is spiritual or demonic there are demonic forces responsible for a lot of the things we go through in life and I can give you testimonies upon testimonies upon testimonies and I've come to the conclusion not to be critical of people and not to criticize people because if you really understand how the enemy works you will understand why people do the things they do Sunday I'll be talking about David again a man after God's own heart and it's something I can't get off my heart why God will call a man like King David a man after his own heart with all the mess in his life and the mess in his family. If you study David's life and the, the life, the family of David, there was so many crazy stuff that I said, God, how did he qualify to become a man after your own heart? Then I realized that heaven's value systems is different from man's value system. Yeah. And I realized that his ways are not our ways, neither are our thoughts his thoughts. And God does not see the way you see. And that's why he said, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. God that showeth mercy. Yeah. Because some of the things, when I look at David's bloodline, the kind of people who were in David's bloodline, the contaminations and the mess and yet David became a man after God's own heart and I look at others and their qualification and they were never called a man after God's own heart or a woman after God's own heart you know what I want to be a man after God's own heart and I hope you also we want to be a man and a woman after God's own heart. Because it's, it's powerful when you become a man or a woman after God's own that God himself testifies of you. Let me not get into that. Let me leave it for Sunday. <laughs> Come with me to 1 Samuel 18, 21. 1 Samuel 18, 21. And Saul said, I will give him her that she may be a snare to him. And that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in the one of the twain. You see, if you look at this scripture, you can be an intercessor for David or an accuser. Because there was a lot of problems going on in this relationship. 
this, this wife of David was Saul's daughter. And the Bible said when Saul saw that his daughter was in love, home and abroad, will be set up, will be ambushed, will be trapped, ensnared, or will be a victim. So in this situation, David becomes a victim without knowing. But the old man knew what he was doing. And I don't believe that even the daughter knew and understood the plan. But the father, somebody bigger than David and bigger than the daughter, Micaiah, knew something that the two of them didn't know. So, as much as we human are looking at the marriage and the relationship as husband and wife, it was not meant to be a husband and wife relationship. She wasn't designed to be a wife. She was designed to be a provocation and opposition. Yeah. And she didn't even know why she was acting the way she was acting. But her purpose and assignment in the life of David was to constantly agitate him, provoke him, and play an opposition member in his life. So if you look at a lot of the problems David had, if you study it carefully, the issue of Belsheba and a lot of the men, she had a lot to do with it. And she didn't even know the role she was playing. And David also didn't understand what was going on. But this was revealed by the Holy Spirit. That the purpose of that relationship was for her to be a snare. In the life of David. Relationship. I pray today that anyone that has been appointed and planted. Knowingly or unknowingly. In your life or in the life of your children or in this ministry or in your ministry to be a snare will be broken in pieces let them be broken in pieces put your hands and say break in pieces broken in pieces let them be broken in pieces break in pieces in the name of jesus sit down for one minute that's why i'm saying that you are either an intercessor or an accuser because if you don't walk by revelation and you are just walking by sense knowledge you can't appreciate what's going on I mean this I was in the US a few days ago and I was telling the church in America that this coronavirus is a, is a weapon designed by the devil to shut the church down that's all to stop us from coming together because the devil doesn't mind when a million people meet at the stadium and they are screaming and shouting. It doesn't mean anything to him. But he's concerned when believers come together and when corporate prayer, praise, worship is lifted to God, that does a lot to him. And it doesn't matter if political parties don't have their rallies, it doesn't mean anything to him. He already has them all in his hands. But he's worried about the church coming together. So he can use. He can use like the corona. Nobody dies and then they say, we don't know what killed him. The person just died. No, they will always attach some sickness to it. And if you hear some of the names they give to the sickness, some strange names. Some, I was asking the doctor, I said, you people, eh, 
where did you get that name from? How did you conclude that this is this sickness is named this? How did you, how did you come to that? Some strange names, and they are able to come up with names. And I said, Satan is the one that gives you those names. He prescribes, he creates a sickness, then gives you the name. But he uses something. He will always use something to justify what he has done. May the enemy not be able to justify anything where your life is concerned. And may the enemy has no power over you. And let nothing threaten your life, your family, your ministry, your future, and your nation. Let nothing threaten you anymore. Say amen. So you look at this situation. The purpose for this relationship between David and Saul's daughter was for her to become a trap and a snare. And not a trap and a snare only, but that the hands of his enemies may be against him through her. So she became an opening that Satan would come after David at pleasure, at his pleasure. At any time he wants, he came in to mess with David because he had an open door. Today may anything and anyone, we block every demonic openings. We block every openings. We break in pieces. Anyone that is an openings and a snare in our lives for the enemy to carry on his purposes. We break them in pieces in the name of Jesus. We command them by divine authority to break in pieces, in pieces, in pieces, in pieces. In the name of Jesus, say amen. Sit down for a minute. Come with me to 1 Kings 21, 25. 1 Kings 21, 25. You see, you have to see how the enemy works because if you don't appreciate how he works, you always accuse people. You'll be an accuser instead of an intercessor. But when you see and understand how it works, it will provoke you to pray. Go ahead. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, mm -hmm. whom Jezebel, his wife, stared up. Uh -huh. He sold himself to do wickedness before the Lord than any other king of Israel. Then the Bible, after the Bible has described who he was, what he did, then now the Bible showed us what was going on behind the scene or what was responsible for his actions. So sometimes somebody says, well, take responsibility. I take responsibility. Yeah, 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 it's good. It's good that you've made a mistake, you take responsibility. We must all take responsibility. But it's a very nice way and an intellectual way to appease. There is something responsible for everything, I'm telling you. And here, you, we could see the king, Ahab, messing up, fooling around, doing bad things and evil in the sight of God. And after the Bible had described the man, his actions and everything, then he said, whose wife Jezebel stirred him up to air. So there was something that vexed him, incited or provoked him to act and to air 
Today, may the spirit of Jezebel in our lives, in our families, in our churches, in our community, in high places, be terminated in the name of Jesus. Someone say, terminated. Put on a terminated spirit of Jezebel in our lives, in the life of our loved ones, our families, in the life of our sons and our daughters, our wives and our husbands, fathers and mothers, grandmothers, grandchildren, grandfathers, we terminate every spirit of Jezebel, the stirring of Jezebel, let it be terminated. We terminate the stirrings of the spirit of Jezebel in our lives, in the life of our families and our churches, our communities, our homes, our dwellings, within our walls. Let the spirit of Jezebel be terminated. Somebody say terminated. Sit down for two minutes. Terminated. And told us about his actions. The evil he did before the Lord, then reveal the cause and what was behind it. Whose wife, Jezebel, incited him. Look at someone and say, Who is inciting you? Uh huh. Tell someone, Who is provoked you? Who is provoking you? Who has provoked you? Who is troubling you? Yeah, that word. Stead. It means a lot of things. Provoke. Being incited. Troubled. Cause compel. To err. To err. To miss the mark. Or to misbehave. To stumble. To slip. To fall. May you not be a victim of the stirrings of the spirit of Jezebel. May you be a victor and not a victim. May you not be provoked. May you not be incited by evil. Hear me. This spirit is a very powerful thing. In the book of Job, the other day, the Lord says something very interesting. I was praying, I said, hey, so this guy, he doesn't even fear that he can go to Almighty God. God said, Satan, don't you push me compel or move me or you incited me to destroy Job without a reason, he still holds on to his integrity. If of the powers that be in those days, Job 2, 3, it's, in, it's amazing, look at it. Job chapter 2, verse 3, read it. Very powerful. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord said unto Satan, hear me. Has thou considered my servant Job, uh -huh. that there is none like him in the earth, uh -huh. a perfect and an upright man, uh -huh. one who feareth God and escheweth evil, uh -huh. and still holdeth fast his integrity, uh -huh. although thou movest me against him, to destroy him without cause. Can you believe that? There are powers, there are spirits that can incite people inside powers. That's why we must pray for those in authority. Because the enemy can provoke a father or a mother to curse their own children. I remember years ago, I was in Atlanta in a meeting and I had this strong bedding at the service to run to my hotel and pray and intercede for one of my sisters. So I went to the hotel and I didn't know what was going on so I was praying the Holy Ghost. I was praying in tongues. It's very powerful to pray in tongues. 
And as I kept praying the spirit, I had understanding that it had to do with one of my sisters. So I called the husband and I said, Morris, how is, how is Dorothy? And he said, how did you know? And I said, no, what? And he said, she's at the intensive care. It doesn't look good at all this time around. So the Lord said, call your mother. So I called my mom and then I had understanding of what to tell. And I said, mom, I want you to go into prayer for your daughter. And he said, what have I done? And I said, nothing. I remember when we were growing up, you and her used to fight a lot. And anytime you fought, having babies, all her pregnancies, she had a caesarean. She had to be cut with knife. It was very painful. The recovering was very hard. And so I told my mom, I said, that thing you, you said is a curse. So I said, go into prayer and tell Satan it's between me and my daughter. Stay out of it. And, and I said, revoke the consequence of those pronouncements. It came out of pain and anger. You were incited by your own daughter to speak against her. And Satan is holding those words. You have to revoke it. You have to repeal and revoke and take away the potency of those words and the consequence of those words. I called her later and she said, I've done it. For the first time, my sister went to deliver and she had the last baby without caesarean. And you know the amazing thing about that? The doctor said to me that it is impossible that if you have your children by caesarean from the beginning, you will always have them by caesarean. And this time around, she had it without caesarean. The understanding that came to me was there was something responsible for the caesarean. There was something. It was a curse. It was a mother's word that was spoken out of anger and pain and grief and disappointment against her daughter. But something incited her. A spirit incited her. And she had, my mom had problems with her mom, my grandmother. So what the enemy was doing was to make sure that that generational cycle and demonic legacy is passed on. It can impact your life here on earth before you go to heaven. And you can believe whatever you want to believe. I know everything about new creation realities. E.W. Kenyon. I've studied them all. I studied them all. And I preached them years ago before any preacher in this country taught it or preached it. I preached faith and prosperity. And I still believe in them and I still preach it. But I have to balance it. And I'm telling you that the doctors couldn't believe that my sister could have the baby without caesarean. And I came to the understanding that the reason for the caesarean, every time she go to have a baby, difficulty and they have to cut her, was because of those words spoken by my mother. And me myself had dealt with some challenges as a result of certain pronouncements my father did against me. And even though he wasn't born again and he wasn't a believer, those words were having effect on me. It was some few years ago, the Holy Spirit drew my attention to something my father said. And I remembered it and it kept on ringing in my mind. And I said, wow. So I had to deal with it. I had to deal with it. And as soon as I dealt with it, something lifted. Something just lifted off me. And I could not believe that the words of a father that wasn't born again could have serious 
consequences on me. But the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. That it may be well with you that thou mayest live long. He didn't say whether your father and your mother are born again. Or and yet I was moved by an accusation. Satan came to accuse Job. And said to God, does Job serve you for nothing? You see, that is how he incites people and can incite God against us. Bring a charge. Bring an accusation. And God said, I'm a just God. I will give you opportunity to prove it even though I don't believe in what you are saying. And God said, okay, you go ahead. Prove it. I don't agree with you. I disagree with you. I don't believe you. You have my permission. Do as you please, but I can't touch his life. And God testified that he was provoked. So if God can be provoked, fathers can be provoked, mothers can be provoked, Husbands can be provoked. Wives can be provoked. You know, I heard Daddy Hagin was saying something about a man who was sick at the hospital. And the wife was with him. And the wife was speaking death over him. And the wife said, oh, this man, he will not, he will not recover. He will make it. He will die. Yeah. And the man died. She was speaking death over him. And the man was a believer. Anyone that has spoken death or distraction over you, over your children and your loved one, let those words be broken in the name of Jesus. Say, I break curse words. Say, I break curse words. Say, by the blood of Jesus, I break every curse words. Break, I break, I break curse words. In the name of Jesus, I break curse words. Amen. Sit down for two minutes. I know exactly what, you're, what I'm talking about. Years ago, right in this country here, there were people who went to high places to lie about me. And I was investigated for many years to prove, to prove what they were saying about me. And for two years, I was under investigation and I was classified as a security risk to my own country. To some false accusation, I didn't know the head and the tail. And some very powerful people believed it. And they were incited against me. And my auntie was also in government in those days. So I'll go to her and say, auntie, where is this coming from? And he said, Nick, you have to really pray because it's not looking good. You've been, you, they, they have found and succeeded. They found a way and succeeded to implicate you. Yeah. That was what Satan did to Job. He implicated Job to God and said, God, Job is using you. He's exploiting you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. It's all about what you do for him. Don't you see it for yourself? Don't be fooled. You think you are God, but this time around you miss it. I'm telling you, Job is using you. He's exploiting you. And Job won't do it. Then he decided to incite Job's wife. He decided to use Job's wife. And he entered the wife and said, girl, I want you to, you are, not, you are my last card, trusted weapon, finish him for me. 
So the wife said to Job, I have a very serious discussion with you. you. We have to talk. And the, Job said, what is it? He said, you. Don't you see that God has failed and disappointed you? Why don't you just curse him and die? And Job said, girl, you talk like one of those silly women. I know that my redeemer liveth. Are you hearing me? You see, if you are not an intercessor, if you don't have spiritual depth and understanding, you will criticize people by looking at things on the surface. Yeah. But behind a lot of these things, as you read the scriptures, you realize that there is something behind it. There was somebody, Job didn't know that all of this was going on around him. Job didn't know that Satan had gone to God and accused him to God. He didn't know that. And I went through all kinds of persecution. Assassination attempt, all kinds of situation I went through. And one of the guys who were giving the mandate to assassinate me, three of them, one of them came the night of the assassination. He's still in this church. He's, he's old now. And he said, Papa, I'm among the three people. And I said, about what? And when he told me, I said, don't worry, I won't die today or tomorrow. Anyone that wants my proving wrong. When he said, I'll prepare you a table in the presence of your enemies. I shall anoint you with all and your cup shall run over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Are you hearing me, somebody? Yeah. And the two people who were with him are dead. He's the only one left. He's still in this church. An old man now. And it was years after I got to know who was behind it. There was another preacher. Yeah. Who was implicating me to the damn powers that be. And I confronted him after some years. He said, it's not true. And I said, don't fool with me. That is how the enemy works. He can enter people. He can incite people. He can move people. He can provoke people. He can provoke people with authority. Teachers, fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, husbands, wives. To speak against you because he needs your mouth. He needs you to access a loved one. He can provoke any one of us. I get provoked every now and then. And I've learned to hold my peace. I've learned, you know, I find anytime a new government comes in this country, I'm attacked. There are people who just come up with a new ministry to go and tell the new government, this Archbishop God, it is what it is. Amen? And yet they will lie about me. And they will even go to former president. One time, one former president someone said, hey, Archbishop, I'm told that you are now a member of this party. And I said, Mr. President, you know the games they play. That is always what they do. As soon as a new government comes, they'll go and lie about me. So don't trust this guy. He's this, he's that. And these are demonic forces. If they can move God against you, who is a president and who is a man and who is a king and who is a woman, they can incite people against you. We call it misrepresentation and they can frame you. Yeah. They did it to Joseph. 
Potiphar's wife framed Joseph. And next time, tell somebody, next time when you are running, take your... <laughs> eh? Take your coat of many colors with you. Your garment, don't leave it. That is evidence against you. He ran and left evidence. And it was, may the enemy not have any evidence against you. By the blood of Jesus, we destroy the evidence. Put hands together and say, I destroy the evidence. By the blood of Jesus, say, by the blood of Jesus, I destroy the evidence. Any evidence Satan has against me and my family, sons, daughters, grandchildren, grandfathers, grandmother, and this ministry, we destroy the evidence. By the blood of Jesus, take away the evidence. Say, I take away the evidence. By the blood of Jesus, I take away the evidence. Amen. very important if you are going to that even your loved ones won't believe you so there come a time you stop explaining and you stop defending yourself and you appeal to God yeah you have to appeal to God because it doesn't matter how much you explain yourself he can frame you up and set you up to a point that even people who love you can start doubting you and look at you some way even your own loved ones can be looking at you strange. Your children, your wife, your husband, your loved ones, they will look at you some way because the enemy can frame you up and set you up in a way that they will look at you and it doesn't matter what you say, they won't believe you. But in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let such a thing pass over you. Say, pass over in the name of Jesus. Say, pass over me. Amen. He said, even though you move me to destroy him without a reason, the enemy can move powers, can move people in authority to destroy others without a reason. I've seen people in authority do things, take decisions they shouldn't have taken. And later on, they regret it. But they didn't have a choice. Years ago, I was in a country. And the, the president in that country introduced me to the director of national security. And the Lord said to me, tell him that I will hold him responsible of the blood of anyone shared in this land. So I said, honorable, be very careful of what you tell the president. And I was to be there for a few days. I said, no, 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 no. I'm leaving town. I said, Mr. President, uh, I I'm leaving tonight. He said, oh, but I told you I'm staying. I said, no, 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 no. I ain't staying and I ain't preaching even for my church on Sunday. I told the pastor, I have an emergency. You handle the church. I'm gone. I don't want the, the, the guy in charge of national security of any country. Knows my hotel, my hotel address, everything. Controls all the phone calls. I said, I'm not sleeping in this country tonight. Any next available flight to the next country, I will go. But this country, I'm not sleeping here. I'm out of here. They thought I was joking. I got me a flight. I checked myself out. Left to another country. You say I'm afraid. I wasn't afraid. I was being smart. I was being wise. And the president took what I said very seriously. Mr. President, these are the people who make powers air and sin and miss it. And every information they bring to you, you have to subject it to a lot of scrutiny and do due diligence before you act. 
Then I turned to him by inspiration and told him what I said. His eye make red. And right there, I knew that mm -mm, this one, let me get out of town. Yeah. Later on, we became friends. But even that, I didn't trust him too much. Hallelujah. Therefore, how I respond and what I do with information. They come to me and say, Papa, that lady, you have to be careful of her. She's on assignment. That brother, he's dangerous. This one, he's that. That one, hey, Papa, this one, hey. Later on, when you do due diligence, you'll find out that there's a problem between the two of them. And they, he can't solve it. So all he's trying to use is to use Papa to settle scores. That's why we have to pray for those in authority. Because it's very easy for somebody to deploy your services just to hurt somebody they can't fight. And any decision we take, when power is given to us or resources, we will answer. And not just us, but if you have children, you must always be careful how you handle the affairs of other people's children. It's a very, very deep thing I'm telling you. Because I've dealt with a lot of powers that be. And sometimes when people have power, they forget that power has expiry date. And I've dealt with people with power who had no more power. I dealt with some recently. Used to have power, act somewhere, and then when power is no more, suddenly they become like the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of their world. Time changes. But if you are going to be an intercessor, you must understand that there are forces working behind the scenes responsible for a lot of things that goes on around people and in the life of people. So before you point a finger, before decisions and conclusions in life, and one of the things that will help you is humility. You have to learn to be humble. And you must watch this haughty spirit and emotions and anger because all those things can compel and lead you to err before God and set yourself up for trouble. Amen.